Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Tonight, Gail and I have a few things we want to talk about. First of all, Gail has been going through her book purge, so I need an update on that. We wanted to talk about book covers and, you know, why they seem to be so trendy or the same thing seems to be on each one. And then I have like a lot of catch up because I had a lot of books that I read and I'm, I'm sort of, I'm not in quite a slump. You know how you have these books that, you know, you have to read like for book club and you're not particularly wanting to read them. Mm -hmm. And my book club we're having a little outing. I think we're, we were supposed to be going away for the weekend, but I think we might only go away for a night. And we're supposed to read Circe, which I was super excited about. Madeline Miller, it's mythology. I don't know. I've read a few pages of it because I had the ARC and it. it's been out for a few months. And I had re read a few pages of the ARC months ago and couldn't really get into it that much. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been picking it, you know, I haven't picked it up. And I think this thing is like, it's not this weekend, but it's next weekend. So I need to get on that. How bad so, would it be if you didn't read the book? I don't know. This group tends to, dis this is not, I mean, it is a wine book club and we do drink lots of wine, but this book club also really discusses the book. It's not a book club that devolves into catch up particularly. Yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping that I'll pick it up. It's just one of these things I get a feeling about. Like, I really liked her other two books, but I haven't been super excited about this one, even though I was super excited. But those first few pages, I don't know. We'll see. Well, maybe you just need to push through and you'll get into it and it won't be a problem. I'm hoping. My cousin really likes mythology and she has been reading it and she thinks it's really good. Of course, she doesn't finish it, but it takes her a long time to finish stuff because she puts them down and she does other things and um but she likes mythology and you know I know I love mythology I'm not sure what it is about I don't know I don't know the beginning just has me a little cold so we'll see hmm. dun, dun, right. dun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I looked at that book and I know it's been recommended and I just did not think I would like it right I don't know why I like mythology too but I don't know, for some reason, that just book, book just looked like it wasn't going to do it for me. And you haven't read any of her others, right? No. I think the others that she did, okay, so I think she wrote about Achilles and Ajax. I always get them confused. But it was sort of about their relationship, and it was so, I think it was a lot more focused. This one, I just feel like already, like there's too many people. You know, what's so weird is those stories are so amazing. I mean, the, right. the kind of the human conflict and drama of those myths. I mean, it's why they've lasted for thousands and thousands of years. And they're like the original. Yeah, they are the originals. And it's not surprising that they would lend themselves to, you know, good plot lines. But I, I can kind of hear you. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's already like the main character is visiting someplace with Zeus. And you can tell that he has a lot of... Ladies, because that's what Zeus does. 
Is it yeah. Zeus? Yeah. I think she's like a minor child of Zeus. No, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's just not grabbing me, but we'll see. All right. Well, good we'll luck see. with that. <laughs> <laughs> Gail's um, like, better you than me. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what have you been reading and what have you been finishing up? Give us a little book okay, report. So I finished, I was in Vegas last week. Uh, we recorded a show from Vegas and, um, I finished that book on the plane, the, the last Mrs. Parrish, and then I finished um, the Midwife of Hope River, which we might have talked about a little on the show last week. You but weren't I, crazy about it, is yeah. What I remember. It's funny. I started my blog review of it today. Um, so, like, it's a good historical uh, exploration of what it was like to be a midwife in West Virginia in the Depression, and the parts about the births she attended were actually pretty interesting. And, you know, you got a real sense for just how difficult life was, especially after the stock market crashed. No one had any money. But the problem with that book is it's just sort of, there's like no emotional development. There's no character development. The The main character is sort of cold and unfeeling and kind of immature, like emotionally immature. And then at mm-hmm. the same time, she had this crazy life, like before the depression, she had been a, an orphan. She lived in an orphanage and then she had escaped to go join this dance group, like a cabaret group. And then she met this man and she got pregnant and they both died, the man and, and the the baby. And then she, <laughs> it's like Forrest Gump. Like she covered all these different things that she met. Sounds this, like a lot. Yeah. This other guy. And, and she like was involved with union, union strikes and violence and stuff. But yet all of that past stuff is explored really very, um, skeletally. Like she doesn't really give you much detail at all of that. So the whole thing is kind of weird. Like it's just, I think the woman who wrote it is actually a midwife and, She's obviously very knowledgeable. I don't think she's a great uh, storyteller. She's not a great novelist. So I um, I left that book in the Vegas airport on the way home. I hope someone picked it up and read it um, or might read it at some point. It was, I mean, it was fine. I just, I don't recommend it that highly. <laughs> yeah, so, I recommended it. I'm looking at my review. I said, though the midwife of Hope River lacks dramatic tension. <laughs> <laughs> that is an understatement. Yeah, it was really easy to put that book down. Right. So um, I finished that, and then I read a book called Every Other Sunday. And I'm going to get the name wrong. Every Other Weekend. Sorry, Every Other Weekend, yeah. Zulima Renee Summerfield. And this is a book that really grew on me as I was reading it. It is about a girl. She's... Well, no, no, she's older. She's younger than that. She's like eight. She's living in the 80s and her parents get divorced and she and her two brothers go to live with her mom and her mom's new husband with his two kids. And it's just kind of all about divorce and kids shuttling back and forth between homes. And she's got a lot of fears. Like she's sort of a very anxious kid and she's got a lot of fear in her life. And it's about like, how her parents didn't really help her. They didn't really weren't aware of what she was going through. So it's a lot of it's in her head. Um, It's written kind of, Oh, what's the word? It's not 
like always linear and it's got, it's, it's literary fiction. That's the best way I can describe it. It's literary fiction. And, uh, I just, I liked it. I, I, I was really glad I read it. And by the end, I, I felt like in the beginning I was sort of unsure about it, but by the end I, I felt, I felt like it was very moving. Hmm. So that one came out. Uh, I actually bought that at the strand in the beginning of the summer. So I think it's been out a couple months. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Very atmospheric. Southern California. It was, it was good. So that's what I was reading. And then, um, so I, I wrote in my review of The Last Mrs. Parish that I was really sick of psychopath or sociopathic husbands. Like, really See, sick and of that them. was exactly why I stopped reading The Last Mrs. Parish. I know. I was I like, know. oh, this is that. And then I looked through and I linked to three other recent reviews I've read, I've, I've written of books with sociopathic, with sociopathic husbands. husbands. So it was Best Day Ever and um, Oliver. Behind Closed Doors. Oliver oh my book? God, and I totally forgot about Oliver. I don't know if he was married. Finding Oliver. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't, didn't he like beat up some chick in the beginning? Yeah, his wife? He did. Oh, yes. Oh my God, I could, I'm going to add that one too. Deconstructing Oliver. Is that what it's called? Finding Oliver? I don't know. I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, then, that was a book that was on the, that was on the buzz panel last year, yeah, I think. Right. Yeah. And oh, I, uh, the wife between us, that's another one. That guy was crazy too. Right. So yes, I'm going to add the Oliver book to this, but then, but is that a spoiler for that book? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, which one? Wife between us? The wife between us. Oh, sorry. Maybe. Oops. Oops. But then I, God, well, it book can't from- be a spoiler for any of these books because all of them lately, the no, husband's the a psychopath. Right. I think that's why I skipped the Oliver book because, you know, I mean, there's only so many I can read about. I, I totally agree. But then listen, I got from the library a memoir about a woman <laughs> who's married to a psychopathic husband. I don't know. Oh, what I, I, I know that one probably. A beautiful, yes. terrible thing or something. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I have it on audio. I had started listening to it on audio and Sarah from Sarah's bookshelves. I think she really liked it. I think I would like it normally, but I think I'm just through with sociopaths for right now. Well, I thought I was too. And meanwhile, I'm like 40 pages into that book now. Well, she said that it was pretty riveting. So was it? Is it? Well, it sounds like it. You're 40 pages in. Yeah. I mean, right now she's just sort of beginning to like understand that maybe he's not a good guy. Right. Um, yeah, so I just, I'm like, what, I had just written this thing that said, I no more cruel husband books. And then on the way home from work, I went to the library and picked up this book that had come in for me on hold. And it was that. So what is so compelling? I mean, these books do really well. I don't know. That's depressing. It's like victim porn. I don't get it. Why do women like to read these books about other women being treated in inhumane ways? Is it ways? sort of like, I dodged a bullet? Or is it mm, just... Maybe. The mystery aspect. I mean, I love a good mystery. Uh, well, but the these, are, these are was the not a where they're just sort of not mysteries. No, anymore. they're totally predictable. You know, it's it's sort of like um, he's going to be cruel, and how will she escape, yeah. or does she escape, well, or does she know that he's is. cruel? That's what it maybe is. Maybe we want her to escape. Yeah. Well, in all of these books, and we like to see women's escape. ingenuity. Yes. And all that's the theme with all of these books: the woman outsmarts the awful husband gets out, he gets his just desserts and she moves on to a happier life, usually with her kids. Yeah. And maybe that's the way to look at it. Sort of like they're the big bad female outsmarting. Yeah. 
the best day ever was like that. Totally. And now I'm listening to another book that's also super depressing about women. It's called Vox. Have you heard of this book? Yeah, that is on my, oh gosh, <laughs> that's <gasps> on my list to read. And actually, let me see. I read, I read a, a sort of um, crazy setup with women who are on this island with men who are keeping them separate because of something that's supposedly happening in the world. I don't, lots of bad man books. Yeah, well, this one is horrible. Women are limited to 100 words a day. Right. And once they reach that quota, they wear a bracelet on their wrist that, that starts gives them delivering them electric shocks. So I'm reading this book, which is Are you sucks. liking it? <laughs> well, I mean, it's super stressful. Um, right. It's interesting. I mean, it's dystopian, so it's interesting, but it's... I'm like, why am I? I think after this one and the psychopath husband book, I gotta, just, I gotta switch gears, like to something a little lighter. Sure, you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. So anyway, that catches you up on what I've been reading. What about you? You okay. have a bunch that you haven't, that you've been holding out on us on. Okay, so the, those are the ones that I finished. Right now, I am reading um, my cousin Rachel. By okay. Daphne du Maurier. And oh. I had watched the movie already, but then this book club that I'm in decided to read it. Um, so I'm reading the book. And the book, this book, or the movie, adheres pretty closely to the book. Um, but it's all, I mean, it's always nice with a book, you get just more characterization. There are a few WTF moments that were in the movie that are sort of more fleshed out in the book. And I really like Daphne du Maurier. I think she did a good job with, you know, the books that I've read, Rebecca. And, like, one of my favorites of, of hers, and probably one of my favorite books, I think, is The House on the Strand, which I haven't read in a while. So I am not a big re- reader, but would like to read it, I think, to just sort of see if it still holds up because I just remember like enjoying that book so much and it had a time travel-esque element to it hmm. okay but in a way that I think you would enjoy because you really like the time traveler's wife right yes yeah so I'm reading that I'm still listening to because you know it takes me forever to listen to anything on audio so I'm still listening to Megan Abbott's new book give me your hand which is good I really like Megan Abbott. I think you should try her. Okay. Maybe this book, because I think it's, even though it is centered on something that happened when these women were teenagers, it does focus on their adult lives as well. So it sort of goes back and forth. I don't know. She just does weird female relationships or the, just the dynamics in female relationships. She does them really well. And she really does teenagers well. So... But I'm always interested to see how she sort of treats it from the adult perspective, which I think she did a little bit in the last book, too. But this is just more alternating back and forth between the the competitive relationship to this these two scientist women who are vying for the same prize. And one has a pretty awful secret. And it, um, yeah, it goes back and forth. So that's good. And I started reading, I think you had recommended, or you had put this on your list to read, The Only Story by Julian Barnes. Oh, yeah. I want to read that. 
Are you liking it? No. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. No. I don't know. I, I'm probably not in it far enough. To say that I don't like it is strong, probably strong, too strong a wording right now. I just find it very odd. You know, so it's told by this older man. It's about this affair that he has with an older woman when he's like 19 years old. So, but it's told from when he is an old man. So, and there's like lots of asides and him justifying certain, I don't know, areas of the relationship or how he's framing the story. So I, I want to see, get beyond that and get more into the meat of the story. Cause I'm only like 30 or 40 pages in, but he, I don't know. There's something about the voice that I'm not enjoying as of yet. And I'm not quite sure whether that will resolve itself. If it's just part of him setting the story up and it's going to get really meaty or if, you know, or if it's just going to annoy me. So Interesting. I read, what was the, the sense of an ending? That's his really well-known one, right? Yes. Which I didn't love. So I don't know why I was intrigued by this one. Maybe it's the Mrs. Robinson aspect. Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> you love a good, <laughs> a good inappropriate, yeah. inappropriate relationship. A good like February, August relationship. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So tell us about the book purge. Oh, the book purge. So that was great. Um, I got rid of, well, let's, I haven't, they're not all gone yet. I winnowed out several hundred. I would imagine several hundred books. Several hundred books. Um, from the pictures I saw. Yeah. So I went through the stashes of books I have all over the house and I was pretty ruthless about getting rid of a real lot of them. And I put them all out on my kitchen, my dining room table, like a, like a used book sale, you know, like mm -hmm. spines up. And I invited like 10 friends to come over and have at them. So a lot of people came over and uh, took them. They didn't take enough. They probably <laughs> took a, th a quarter of them. Maybe, a th maybe, yeah, probably a quarter of them are gone. So... I have been slowly dispersing the remainders. Um, I We have a little free library at the end of the block. So when I go to walk my dog, I'll grab like two books and stick them in there. I took, you know, seven or eight of them to the library yesterday. Um, I'm going to find somewhere to donate them in big chunks. So, but it feels really good to get rid of them. I'm so glad. It just, it was getting out of control. So I would say I, of the books in the house that I have not read, I probably halved them. And of the books in the house that I have read, I kept most of those. Uh, there's some I got rid of, but most of those I ended up keeping because I've been pretty good about getting rid of books after I read them. Um, but I, of the books that like I haven't read, there's a lot fewer than there used to be. So that feels good. That's got to feel good. Yeah. I, I did some purging too. Yeah, I did some purging too. I had gotten over my limit in terms of letting the ARCs pile up, you know, because... Yep. I try to, if I haven't read them by the time they come out, I try to send them on their way. Um, unless I just feel like I'm going to eminently read it. So I had books. I had quite a few books and I got, yeah, I probably got rid of at least a hundred. Oh, that's so great. How did you do it? Did you leave them on the stoop or what did you do? No, I, well, some of them, 
Yeah, I did some combination of leaving them on the stoop, taking them to friends when I visited. Yeah. You know, just like sort of getting in my head what people like to read and if I had anything. Like I gave a book to my physical therapist. He likes true, uh, true crime. Um, so, yeah, a combination of those things, leaving them on the stoop, letting friends have at them. And then the rest, you know, like some ARCs or whatever, um, I just ended up recycling. Yeah. Yeah. Or Goodwill. Yep. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's a good feeling to get them out of the house. Right. I've not really disturbed my BEA 2018 boxes. Well, Although, no, those, those usually get a pass for a bit. Yeah. But I did go through a few of them. You know, some of it is just sort of tough love, you know, because half the books that you have were sort of shoved in your hand or yeah. some are sent unsolicited. And then some of it's just like really saying, I'm not going to read this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm clinging to it, whether it's come out or not, um, to just let it go. Yeah. Well, what's happening now is that a lot of the books we picked up are starting to come out. So I'm reading a bunch of reviews of them, and then I'm like, oh, I have that book somewhere. Right. So I kind of like to see how they're reviewed before I make a decision about reading them or not. Ohio is getting crazy mixed reviews. And I remember saying that I thought it would be like that. Yeah. So I lent it to somebody at work who said it's one of the best books she's read in the last five years. She said it was, like, so incredibly intense. Um, but really good. And then someone, I guess maybe it was Sarah read it and said, eh, so inconsistent, like didn't like the yeah, way it was written. Yeah, I've heard that it's, yeah, I think I've read some more reviews that it's sort of all over the place. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that book seems interesting, but it just also seemed like a book where just too many things could go wrong with it. Yeah. And it's debut and it's so long. You know what books are getting really good reviews? The Amor Tolls books that you've been telling me about for like three years. Yes. Yeah. Just just putting that out there. <laughs> Definitely. I would recommend Rules of Civility to everyone. I wouldn't A Gentleman in Moscow. I loved A Gentleman in Moscow, but it's super specific. Like it's set in Russia. It only is set in this hotel. Oh my God. But everyone I know who's read that loves it. And then they read Rules of Civility, and they're like, it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love Rules of Civility. Yeah. And I'm at the point that that's been out long enough that I don't really have, I just remember loving it, and I don't remember much more about it, so. Oh, you can reread it. I can reread it now. Yeah. I'm hitting that point on a number of books. Yeah, well, that's like what happened to me with the book, which, whose name I won't say, that I reread this year. <laughs> Because <laughs> it had been just long enough that I wanted to reread it. Um, the book that shall not be named. Yes. I will not I will not promote it on this podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. So the last thing we had wanted to talk about was we've been reading some articles about book covers, trendy book cover types. And, um, you know, I think it is true that book covers – sort of all of a sudden, you know, you'll see like seven that look really similar. And I, you know, I don't know whether it's a coincidence or whether one starts it and then it gets copied by other people. 
Um, but two of the themes that you and I recently read articles about were floral book covers, so books with lovely flowers on the front, and then <laughs> smashing lollipop ones, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, yeah, I think I text you. I was like, you know, your life is not in a good place. Yes. <laughs> you come across a, a smash. If you warrant a smash lollipop on the cover. Right. Of the book that is your life. Right. Yeah, um, Baby Teeth had a smash lollipop. Yeah, that was Which one of I remember ones. looking at that book and thinking, I just don't get it. She doesn't eat a lot of lollipops. Is this because she's a child or this is just about, you know, your child being menacing and scary? Have you read that book? Baby Teeth? Yeah. Yeah. Every time I talk about it, you shudder because it's like about this evil... I know, but showdown I'm getting between this evil child and this uh, poor at the end of her wit stay at home mom. It's more of, like a horror novel than it is. I know, but I've, do you think I should read it? I'm kind of intrigued. I don't. You kind of like horrible domestic drama, so yeah. probably. I mean, it's sort of like a domestic drama. It's a horror novel masquerading as a domestic drama. Right. Is what it is. Right. And it's about the stay-at-home mom and her mute child. It's it's intense. I'd be okay. curious, definitely curious to see what you thought about it. It's pretty horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's like I'm sort of like intrigued by it. As you swear off horrible books. I know. Well, well horrible husbands. Husband is, the husband is not a sociopath, but I won't say that the daughter is not. Yeah, well, that's what it sounds like. So... One thing I've been noticing, and I pointed this out to you when we were at the bookstore together recently, was that there's this font that all of a sudden is on like every book cover. And I don't know what that font is called. Um, well, you and I picked up a book at BEA that had it on its on its cover, um, Wander something or something like that. But there's this sort of like 60s-ish font, and it was like... One book had it, and then all of a sudden, like, 50 books had it. It's just super trendy right now. It's right. It's kind of simple, like, no serif, sort of slanted font. And it's it's so interesting how trends just sort of pick up. And, I mean, is it, like, the same person that's designing all these books? Well, the article that I read in Vanity Fair, which talks about the floral book covers, which I will link to in our show notes – talks about they identify the root of the trend for the floral books as fates and furies right which ironically does not have a floral cover i thought those were waves yeah they were waves but i think they're saying that it just sort of touched off this abstract thing like what can you put on a book that will translate between with men and women and isn't very specific because you know how we're always like laughing at the, you know, the, the cupcakes, the shoes and the dresses on the covers. Mm -hmm. And then there's, there's also the headless woman covers or whatever. So when you think about floral covers, like what can be appealing that is not sort of alienating or putting a book in, because it's sort of hard to characterize flowers. And I think a, a wide swath of people like people enjoy flowers and a wide swath of people would probably be attracted to a book like that, which I, which I think is the point with, you know, Fates and Furies was the waves, but 
you know, what else do people sort of identify and will gravitate to that is not necessarily alienating anyone? Because, you know, when I see something, when you see the pastel dresses and the cupcakes, it's sort of like, "Mm, don't know if this is, you know, don't think this is my book. Yeah. But if something is sort of abstract and floral. Right. You know. It's a blank slate in some ways. Then I might pick it up. Yeah. I don't, I'm surprised a guy would. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. My absolute, I, I guess it depends too. I mean, the thing about flowers, and I get this point, I think about the cover for My Absolute Darling, which is sort of like trees and all of this, these dense leaves. I mean, flowers in nature can be just as menacing as they are welcoming. True. They can, especially when they're kind of wild and overgrown. Right. Sort of like, what's going on here? You know, then they can sort of look dystopian or um, the paperback cover of Stay With Me is sort of reminiscent of flowers, sort of like very abstract flowers. Yeah. So. There's a book that uh, I read a couple years ago called Housefrau, and it has the most gorgeous cover with this beautiful bouquet of flowers on it. And... I didn't really love the book. It's super depressing, but I like, I keep it because I really like the way it looks. Isn't that weird? You didn't love a super depressing book. Well, I mean, there were other reasons. It was just like, <laughs> it was, yeah, that book was just ugh, very gloomy. Um, but, uh, the cover's gorgeous and I keep it. It's like this lavender metallic-y cover with this really pretty bouquet on it. And like Housefrau is written in lowercase, and it. Just, oh yeah, I just pulled it up. It is. Yeah, it's lovely. Is that right? Actually, mm-hmm. I'll pull it up too. Um, I, I can't get rid of that book because it's just pretty on the shelf. It only has three stars on Goodreads. Oh really? What do people say about it? I bet that they said it's depressing. Graphic sex scenes. Yes. True. Um, Housefrau. That's what I was calling. Isn't that a pretty cover? <laughs> It is. It's a beautiful yeah. cover. Yeah. I don't know if I would look at it and think graphic sex scenes. Someone wrote, what a strange collision of literary fiction and erotica. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it was. The first half includes detailed, vulgar dialogue and descriptions of sexual lia- liaisons. Um, See, I, you know, I have such an issue with Goodreads. Um, this is what Cher rated it. She has three stars, but she says three and a half because it's really good. And she says it was really good. Yeah, but see, everybody's, everybody's... Uh, rating is so different. Rating is so different, I know. Like, if I see three and a half stars, it's a toss-up. Yeah. If I see that from someone that I, whose reviews I normally trust, I'm, I'm probably going to steer clear unless I have some compelling reason that I read a particular book, which is why I have such a hard time. Like sometimes I rate books on Goodreads. Sometimes I don't. And the way I rate something is sort of like, if it's a light book and I give it five stars, it probably means that it was, um, it was five stars for it being the type of book that it was. Right. But that does that five stars is not going to hold up to a five star literary fiction book. I totally agree. So I do the same thing. I like rate it based on the type of book it is. But for me, like a three, yeah, three is like, eh, 
It's like it was yeah. okay. I got through it. Um, I mean, maybe it's someone middle will of the, like it's it. It's middle of the line. Yeah. And a two for so me when, is about as bad as I get. I don't right. know if I've ever given a book a one. Well, that you probably just did not finish it. Oh, then I probably wouldn't review it. Um, right. Exactly. So you're not going to get to the point where you're going to give it a one. No. No. Yeah. So, yeah. So when I see three and a half stars or when I see three stars and then someone's just like, it was, it was really good. It's so confusing to I me. I totally agree. Like, what are they giving fives to? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally I agree. think I give fours and fives. I mean, if, if I, I rarely at this point, I think that my taste, I know my taste well, that I'm probably not going to pick a book that's a three. And if it is, I didn't finish it. I was probably reading it with something else and then just wandered off and started reading something else and just never got back to it. See, I do give a fair number of threes. Like I think I will give hope river a three. Right. But, um, I'm curious. I probably gave that a four. I enjoyed that book. Sometimes I like (laughs) minutiae. I have to say (laughs) most of why I picked that one up is because you gave it a four. (laughs) I did give it a four. Yeah, I know. I saw that on there. And I was like, oh, I won't give, get rid of this book. I'll keep it. And then for some reason, I picked it up and read it. Yeah. See? Well, I don't have my review in there, I think. So you didn't get to see the... <laughs> right. This is the downside so, of good reviews. The lax. The yeah. lax dramatic tension. Right. <laughs> Nothing a, happens. Such an understatement. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, I think that's a good uh, a good place to stop as we rant about Goodreads. Um, all right. Um, so, but before we end, is there anything coming up that looks good to you? You're reading Vox, which is is actually out this month. Yep. So Vox, um, my next anything- book is this. I think you and I are both reading A Place for Us. Right. And, uh, I don't know. Which we're going to book club talk about, which will probably happen in September. So if anyone has any questions, um, for us or is reading along with us, you can email us or I don't know, probably reach out on Facebook or Instagram. Do you know what I think I'm going to read next? You're going to laugh. Um, a a psychopath husband book. Well, I mean, actually it's not that far off. Um, do you remember when we did our uh, discussion about nonfiction that we wanted to read? This was like six months ago. And I said I wanted to read this book. This is like behind the scenes at The Bachelor. I yes. Actually have, oh, you're yeah. going to read Bachelor Nation? I think so because I've got it on Kindle somewhere. And I think I'm going to read that. I'm in the mood. Ooh. So I think that's coming up next. I'm excited to read that book. Did you watch the season of The Bachelor? Yes, I did. Bachelorette? And yeah, I watched the season of The Bachelorette, and I'm, I I haven't watched the entire finale, although I've watched um, I Know Who Won. So uh, did you watch it? I, I didn't. I tuned in for a few episodes. I didn't like her. Oh, I like her, but I thought she picked the worst guy ever. I was like, they seem to be doing that. I thought Rachel Lindsay picked the worst guy too. Yeah, I, it's very frustrating because there was this great. Maybe guy. I didn't see her enough. I saw those those stupid ads, and I just thought she did not come across well in the ads for The Bachelor. Oh, I actually liked right. her. I thought she was pretty good, but I just was very disappointed in her book and her uh, book choices. Her um, 
bachelor choices. <laughs> so, but I, I, it, it's gotten me all into, I really want to read that bachelor nation. And I think I need a palate cleanser after all the misery I've been reading about. So that may be next. Right. Right. Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. you can see how they handle sociopaths that make it onto the show. Yeah, of which there have been many. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you all for listening. And uh, until next time, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com. And you can find me, Gail, blogging at Every Day I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep 